To all my moms moving on, I have something amazing for you. If you're ready to move on from your engagement ring, the experts at Worthy can help you turn it into cash, fast and risk-free. Worthy does all the work and their competitive auctions get you the best deal possible. Over 45,000 people have already moved on with Worthy. Are you ready to move on too? Visit worthy.com slash moms to get an extra $100 when your jewelry sells for over $1,500. That's worthy.com slash moms for a special bonus offer just for the Moms Moving On community. As a strong, independent mother, there is nothing that will get in the way of your child's safety. Soberlink understands the importance of peace of mind when it comes to co-parenting after a divorce. Using the highest quality technology and with features like facial recognition and real-time results, moms like you are empowered with proof that your child is safe. Navigating life post-divorce can be difficult and having a tool like Soberlink allows for one less thing to stress about. I created this community to provide support for divorced moms like me, which is why I partnered with Soberlink to create the resource, Five Ways to Reduce Litigation in Custody Cases. To access the guide and get $50 off your Soberlink device, visit www.soberlink.com forward slash MMO. This week on Moms Moving On. If you're the type of person that has been in an unhappy relationship, but you were not going to leave for whatever reasons you were not leaving, you may have been miserable for years, you're disconnected, you're not the right partners for each other. Maybe there's emotional abuse, maybe there's narcissism, but for some reason you were staying and you were staying and you were staying. People have this line with cheating. If, if they ever cheat, then I'm out. So yes, it's so true. So when I've heard people, so many times, I wish you would just cheat so I would have an excuse to leave. Right. I mean, and by the way, you can just, if you want to go, you can go. For people that do need that big scandal, it can be a gift because it finally does get them out the door. Life moves on. So why shouldn't we? This is Michelle Dempsey-Moltak, your host of Moms Moving On, navigating divorce, co-parenting, single motherhood, and moving on. Welcome back to another Moms Moving On. I'm happy to be here today with one of my Insta friends who you may know as Divorce Coach Philly, but her real name is Abby King. She's a certified divorce coach and she's really, really wise. If you follow her on social media, you'll know that she takes a very strong approach towards helping people move on past divorce. And we're all about that here. She's also a freelance writer who explores parenting, divorce, relationships, and women's issues. And we have a lot to talk about today. Abby, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me, Michelle. Of course. Nice to, it's nice about to see you time. in person. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess we got to start by unpacking your divorce story. I know you talk a little bit about it on your website. I didn't want to read it verbatim, but... I'd love to hear it from the mouth of the babe. Yeah, I mean, a, a super long story, um, semi-short. It married the cute guy from college. Everything was great on paper. I ignored every red flag. And it finally blew up in my face when I had a three-year-old and a six-year-old. Mm. And it was, it, oh, I mean, I, I looking back, I really can't believe 
that I did what I did. It's so funny. My kids are now 19 and almost 16. Um, it's like it was somebody else's life when I talk about it, but I finally did um, end my marriage. And I had moved from New York City to Philadelphia when I was pregnant with my son. And back then there was no work from home. There was no remote, no Zoom. There was no opportunity. You know, I left New York City and I left my career. And I had planned to go back to work whenever, however many kids I had were mm-hmm. in school. And at that time, when my daughter, my youngest, went to school, my personal life was blowing up and I was really not in a place to work. Um, I was focused on the kids and getting through the divorce and moving and, you know, all of that trauma for several years. And after that, um, I started writing. I had written in part of my previous life. Um, I was a copywriter and I was writing some personal essays and a friend suggested that I post it publicly. And I did. And it got a huge response. And as I started writing about my divorce, those articles got the biggest response. People were emailing me, asking me for advice and reaching out strangers, friends, friends of friends. And I was researching an article and I came across divorce coaching and I kind of rolled my eyes and my husband, I'm happily remarried now. And my husband said, why don't you look at it? Maybe it's a real thing. And it really was a real thing. Um, And that was, you know, five, six years ago. And since then, you know, it's only become more and more of a, a real thing. And I've also been certified in mediation since, since that was something that a lot of clients were looking for. And so I started my own business and slowly and surely by word of mouth, um, it's just grown and grown and it feels feels really good to help people. I've worked with men, women, couples, those in the LGBTQ space and really help people, whether they're legal marriages or not, um, decide from the deciding phase of do I want to stay or go all through, you know, rebuilding their lives. So wherever a client is, other than the legal process, I can guide them through the legal process, but I'm not a lawyer. So other than that, um, you know, kind of whatever they need help with, mm-hmm. I, I meet them where they are and I help them. Yeah. I mean, that's the beauty of what we do. It's we get to meet people exactly where they are. And because we've been there, help them through. Um, there's nothing better than that. So thank you for the work that you do. Our industry certainly needs great, more great coaches. Um, but I want to talk about cheating because we're coming up on Valentine's Day and this topic always comes up like on social media. And, you know, we just passed Divorce Monday, which is obviously the biggest day for divorces um, in in the entire calendar year. Cheating is a very big reason why people split up. We know cheating is a bad idea, like in the in the sense of like values and, you know, breaking a vow. But there's more to that, isn't that? Yeah, there is. And yeah, uh, for uh, you know, obviously it's a break of trust and um, safety, which I think a lot of people don't think about when you're when you're cheating on someone or you've been cheated on. I mean, there's physical safety. You have to go to get tested. I mean, it's really, obviously it's a horrible idea. But I think that what uh, goes unsaid or perhaps unnoticed is that if if you're the type of person that has been in an unhappy relationship, but you were not going to leave for whatever reasons you were not leaving, you may have been miserable for years, you're disconnected, you're not the right partners for each other. Maybe there's emotional abuse, maybe there's narcissism, but for some reason you were staying and you were staying and you were staying. People have this line with cheating. If if they ever cheat, then I'm out. So Yes, that's so true. So I've people, heard so many times, I wish he would just cheat so I would have an excuse to leave. Right. I mean, and by the way, you can just, if you want to go, you can go. That's what I always tell my client. Like you can leave. 
You don't, you don't need um, a big, you know, scandal, but for people that do need that big scandal, it can be a gift because it finally does get them out the door. And I know that that is true for a lot of my clients. Um, Mm -hmm. And when we unpack really what their marriages were and what they're dealing with um, post split and unpacking all the trauma, the cheating was the least of it. But I think that if you are that person that needs the big red flag and the cheating to finally leave, if you leave on the heels of infidelity, oftentimes there's no resolution between the couple of what the issues actually were because they just, they just leave and they always have the story of he cheated on me. She cheated on me. So obviously they're the bad guy. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And uh, cheating is a bad decision. Good people make bad decisions and bad people make bad decisions. So um, cheating is a really, really bad decision, but I think it really robs the couple of, and I'm not saying they have to stay together or work through it, but it robs them of the opportunity to communicate of what the actual issues are or were and find some, and when I say resolution, it doesn't mean that they're going to get along and get back together. I just mean some resolution between the two of them of, yes, you made this horrible decision to cheat, but these are also what our issues were. This is how I was in the relationship. This is how you were. So that when you get into the next one, you really can't have a healthy relationship if you haven't worked through your previous relationship. And so, you know, again, it doesn't mean they have to reconcile at all, but just understand what, what really were the issues in the relationship? What can you take ownership of? What do you want to do differently in the relationship next time? And I think that if you're just going to hang it all on the, he cheated, I'm out of here, or she cheated and I'm out of here, you're missing a huge step that's going to come back and bite you. You're missing the the most critical part, which is taking a minute for a little self-reflection and having the self-awareness to say, okay, this person cheated, but here were things that I could have done differently. Not necessarily that caused the cheating, nobody caused the cheating, but like, what what did I do that led to maybe this relationship breaking down, or maybe I didn't advocate enough for my own needs or, and that you're a hundred percent right. And that's a big part of like, in my practice, um, when we take clients or we have a consult, we're very much, you know, we're like, how real are you willing to get with yourself right now? You know, because whether they, they all come and say, my ex is a narcissist or my ex is the one who ruined the marriage. And Mm -hmm. as we unpack that, you're so right. Like there's so much more behind the one horrible act. Yeah. And even if let's, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people are just assholes. They're not narcissists. So, you know, I'm sure you come across this every day. Like I can't, Abby, not everybody's a narcissist. Let's take a moment of silence for, thank you. Just because it's a buzzword, it doesn't mean your ex is diagnosed with narcissism. It's I'm like at the end of my rope with it, but like, I I am. let's use the word because it gets you followers, right? It's a hot topic. And, you know, if you have lived through it, you understand that when you're dealing with clients and friends and family and everybody's talking about the narcissist in their life, that they've really never seen one. Um, but, you know, that that's a whole story for another day. But, you know, people can just be assholes, right? Yeah. And it doesn't mean even and if like, you're living also, with- Also, a- divorce brings out everybody's inner assholery. Like- And so does your- marriage. Your wounded ex, especially a man, like women handle their feelings a lot differently. That's just science. It's not a stereotype. Men come from this mindset of having to win and having to be right. And so when you 
poke their ego with, I caught you, I'm leaving. They're obviously going to react in an asshole-ish way. And, and even if you, let's just say that it was a real true narcissist. If you were married to a true narcissist and he cheated and you still have to look at what you did in the marriage mm-hmm. too. And why did you stay? And what did you do? And, you know, if you don't take a look at that, you're going to keep making the same mistakes and the same mistakes and the same mistakes. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, there's really no point. And so people always want to just hang their hat on something big and something scandalous. And you know what? And it could be financial infidelity. I mean, there's, you know, so many different scandals that, you know, you could find if you want to. But really, I mean, the most heartbreaking, the most real and the most common reason people get divorced is that they're not happy. And that's it. There's no cheating. There's no gambling. There's no drugs. People are just for whatever reason, and a variety of reasons, they're not a good couple anymore. And people are unhappy. And that those couples that don't have the scandal, once they untangle themselves, come out of it so much better because they have sat and had the hard talks with themselves. Maybe they've gone to counseling in a lot of instances. They've cried, they've talked, they've looked at it every which way to see Mm -hmm. if they could stay together for their kids because it's so hard to leave without the scandal. But those are the couples that when they finally leave really have perspective and understanding and are ready to move on mm-hmm. in a healthy Absolutely. way. I just actually, before jump, I jumped on this recording with you, I recorded with um, Stacy Freeman. Have you like been in touch with her yet? She mm-hmm. wrote the book called no. I bought my husband's mistress lingerie. <laughs> no, I it's a great that. title. I said to her, like, I get so many pitches in my inbox. This one, I'm like, I got to hear more yeah. about this. Um, she did exactly that. She, her husband was cheating and she caught him and she found a bag of Victoria's Secret lingerie in his suitcase from his work trip. And she like cut it mm-hmm. up and freaked out. And then she went and bought new lingerie for the girl because <laughs> she felt bad. But um, that being said, what, what was amazing to me was how she was like, yes, you know what? He cheated and it was awful. And I got down on my knees and I begged him to stay with me and he didn't want to stay. But I had to look at why like, why did he feel so unhappy? And and I was like, you know, it's amazing that you're able to own that because that is that is the the only way I think you can move on. So I I, I want to shout her out. That was really cool. But how many how many of your clients would you say are dealing with infidelity? At least half. You know what's interesting? A lot of mine are the ones who were doing the cheating. Mm. Is the same for you? No, I have no, it's not. I'd say a quarter of my clients were doing the cheating. Three quarters were cheated on. Okay. So I have, I have, you know, a mix um, and I do have a ton who are just unhappy, but the ones who will confess and say, listen, I, he was horribly abusive or she was putting me down for years. Mm -hmm. She was a narcissist, whatever. That's why I cheated. I feel really bad, but I was so miserable it's interesting to hear it from that perspective, but yes, it causes, you know, there's a ripple effect there. So people are going to hang their hat on the cheat, make that the reason that they split Mm -hmm. up and that affects the kids. At least it did for me in my childhood, because all I knew was that daddy met another woman and he was leaving. And and that was the only explanation I got, you know, and, and then it affects the children. Do you see that happening? I do. And, you know, it's interesting. I'm, I've had an influx of clients around the 50 year age mark, which I think is so young and it's a great time to, you know, start again and have a new life. But, 
you know, they've been in marriages and the kids are in college. And once the kids have left for college, their spouse has cheated and now they're at home. So it's, you know, not necessarily affecting, um, you know, and then I have a bunch of, I feel like my clients either have little kids or they're like just getting out of the house, which makes a lot of sense because those are two really trying times for marriages. Especially yeah. got those, you know, until like the youngest is six, that's a rough go. And, you know, when they leave the house, so it, it makes perfect sense. But um, yeah, I do. I mean, I have, I have clients and it's, it's interesting. And whether it's, you know, same sex couples, I've, I've got several same sex couple clients that have had infidelity or if it's heterosexual marriages and the same thing, you know, do I tell my kids a lot of what we do is talk about language and what they tell the kids and what they don't share and how to work with, you know, real little kids on the fact that they will keep asking. I mean, I know from my own experience, having separated when my children were so little, try telling a three-year-old why you're getting divorced. I mean, you know, and it was always the same. I had the same answer. And it didn't change, but you know, my little one would ask every couple of days and then it would be every couple of months. I mean, it was for years, you know, because they don't know. So I think it is really important and that your, your relationship is, you know, with your spouse and it's not with your children and your children are not your friends and they're not your peers. And I don't care if you're 55 and you're, you know, 28 year old daughter, or you think that you're friends and you still don't have to tell her her dad cheated on you, you know, well, and, and I really think there are is real of adult children, really, really yeah. real. And, and I think that you really have to think about the boundaries and think about the kids and think long-term and prepare yourself for what they're going to ask, whether it's a five-year-old or a 15-year-old or a 25-year-old. Yeah. And that's also something I really dig into with my clients is what do you want to say? What will happen if you do this? You don't need to necessarily do this now. Uh, you know, you can always open up more later, but once you open a can of worms or say too much, you can't ever take it back. And and I, I actually, this reminds me of one client that I do have who this was her situation. And she said, I got to be honest with you. I've, I've shredded my ex to bits in front of my daughters and I've told them their dad is bad and I've told them what their dad has done. And you know, on one hand, obviously we know this is not what you're supposed to do and, and shouldn't do if, if you can avoid it at all costs. But, you know, we had to work at that point on the repair with her kids right. because of course this made her kid, her kids naturally fearful of dad. Like, is he yeah. bad? He did a bad thing. But kids are eventually going to ask, like I was, my daughter was two when I separated. She didn't know from separation. Right. Around the age of four and five, she started asking questions because she wanted to connect dots. And now as she gets older, she's almost eight. The questions are changing, like you said. And and so it really became obvious that she wanted to see who did bad. Because if a relationship ends, if she's not friends with a friend anymore, it's because somebody did something mean or not nice mm-hmm. or not bad. So it's been, right. it's hard, you know, to, to kind of because I love, I love her dad and I love their relationship. So it's really hard to be able to be truthful and also remain respectful of her relationship with her dad and, and his relationship, my relationship with her. It's not easy. And that's why a divorce coach is the most helpful tool you can have in these situations. Uh, absolutely. And I will say that you will find out, you know, having started with a three-year-old and now I've got a 19-year-old, kids know who their parents are. And your eight-year-old doesn't fully, she's only eight. But I can tell you that, you know, I had 
so prepared myself and I do prepare my clients because you never, every situation is different, but you know, personally I had prepared myself for what I'm going to say when I'm asked certain questions. And I think as my kids got older and especially, you know, one of the beauties of divorce, if you have shared custody is my kids have one-on-one time with me half the Mm -hmm. time and they're with their dad half the time. So they're really getting to know us in a, you know, in our marriage before in the 10 years, you know, we were a tag teaming. One was going to little league, one was home with the little one. So oftentimes when you're raising kids, you're, you're not getting that quality time because, you know, it's more chaos in the house. My kids really got to know me in the past 10 years and they really got to know their dad. And I think that they don't even, and you know, I'm sure I'll get asked certain things. I'm not saying it's over. I'm out of the woods of answering tricky questions. But I think that when you have shared custody and you have that one-on-one time, your children really get to know you on super speed and they start to see my kids like they they may have questions now or in the future that they want to ask but one of them is not why are you and dad not together because they look at us and they're like i cannot believe you guys were ever even I'm married together. i know you know so i mean they I see it they know who he is and they know yeah. who i am and they know that like and they see me with my husband now who's completely different than their dad you know it's just i, I think that kids learn who their parents are and especially with divorced parents and and they kind and of they get learn it. They by might- how yeah, they learn by how they feel too. Like I always mm-hmm. say, it doesn't matter what, even if you have, you know, you are telling them negative things about the other parent. If they feel safe and good and that other parent's company, that's going to go a lot further than the story that you're telling them. And and that's something that people really need to recognize as they fear what the ex might be telling the kids. Yeah, absolutely. And, and listen, I do think that, you know, I'm right. If, I, if my ex says certain things, I'm absolutely ready to own every single thing I did in that marriage. And I would suggest my ex should be, and I think everybody should be. So you should be prepared for, you know, the questions that you're not only going to get asked of, about your ex, but about yourself. Right. You know, and, and that's, you know, also part of what I do with clients is like you said, with your client who is now in the repair stage and unfortunately, you know, regrets how she handled talking, shredding her ex, which is Obviously, as you said, that's not really what you want to do, but I think it's great that she's honest with you and looking for help and wanting to see, okay, I acted poorly. Now, what can I do? Mm-hmm. And so she can own, you know, her side of the street and, you know, work with clients to try to best move on for themselves, for their exes, for their kids, for their future relationships. hundred you know. percent. Yeah. They're calling it the Bible for all divorcing moms. I can't believe it, but that's what they've said about my book, Moms Moving On, Real Life Advice on Conquering Divorce, Co-Parenting Through Conflict, and Becoming Your Best Self. Moms Moving On is filled with practical, actionable, and empowering advice from someone who's been through it and come out on the other side, me. Through inspirational stories, rituals, journal prompts, and my guidance, you'll learn how to navigate your divorce with confidence, adjust to life as a single mom, shift your perspective to find your way back to your best self and create the life you truly deserve. It's available in paperback, hardcover, audiobook, and Kindle. So go get my book. I promise you won't regret it. Class is in session and it is time for you to master your divorce. I am Michelle Dempsey-Maltak, the creator of Moving On School, and I want to welcome you to Moving On 101, the one and only class you'll need in order to master the concepts of getting divorced and co-parenting your children so that you can truly move on. 
In this eight-week program, we'll meet week by week to help you move past each phase and first of the divorce and co-parenting process so that you can move on in an empowered way while making the best decisions for your children. Visit www.momsmovingon.com to apply for our next semester of Moving On School coming in January. Taking it back to infidelity and why cheating is a bad idea. So bad. What? So bad. Don't do it, guys. And if just, you do, we're not we're not here to judge you. We just want to let you know that like there's going to be collateral damage. It's not, and and this is something I focus on a lot. It's not just your relationship ends and now you're getting divorced. There's collateral damage that now involves in-laws that are going to have a very skewed perspective of the cheater, and you're going to be here like trying to 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 support the cheater as your children's father or mother. And then you have the, like, it, it becomes very messy and complicated. So what do you say to the person who is trying to get past their pain and, and advocate for a healthy co-parenting relationship with the person who did the cheating, but everyone in their lives is saying, he sucks, he cheated, take him to the bank. Don't let him see the kids. First of all, I would start. And if you haven't gotten that far yet, I would say, you don't, your family and friends don't need to know that he cheated. I mean, Smart. I always tell my okay. daughter, I mean, like, you know, boys are a little different. Well, at least my son is like, he's not getting real deep with his friends. But I always tell my daughter, like, only have that one friend that you really talk to or gossip with or whatever word you want to use. Do not talk about anybody. You know, don't talk about your friends with your other friends. Have that one friend that you trust. So, of course, you don't want to hold the heavy burden yourself if you've gone through something so painful. But pick one friend. You don't have to tell your sister and your mother and your uncle. And so first of all, if you haven't gone down that road yet, I would say, keep it tight, keep it to yourself. If it's too late and the cat is out of the bag and everybody knows, um, you know, I think a one-on-one conversation with whoever you've talked to about it and make strict boundaries that you are co-parenting with this person. This person made a horrible decision and really hurt you, but they are the parent of your children or child. And that in absolutely no terms can your child feel any tension from their grandfather towards their father at a mm-hmm. basketball game. You know, right. make strict boundaries. And, and you know, if you can't abide by this because you are so upset, you know, if you're the mother of a daughter who was cheated on and you can't bear to be at the birthday party because you want to, you know, wring the neck of your former son-in-law, I understand how you feel. But also but stay home. Then don't go to the party. Right. Yeah. And so until the friends or the family can, and you don't have to be best friends, fake it. It's fine to fake it. It is okay <laughs> for kids, whether they're two or 20, to yep. see their parents and their grandparents in a room together and their, you know, their mom's parents smile nicely at their dad and say hello when he walks in and say goodbye when he walks out and they don't talk the entire time while they're in there. But there's, you know, Nobody's rude. They smile nicely. Hello. Goodbye. That's fine. Civility is great. You do not have to be best friends. I think people, and you know, I have a lot of clients. I have a lot of friends who are super amicable, do every holiday together. They drive in the car to the, you know, choir concert and you don't have to do that. Civility is perfectly acceptable and amazing. So that's fine. You know, stay home until you can be civil. And then you tell your mother, like, yeah, you, you can't come to John's baseball game if you're, if if you can't smile and say hello nicely to his dad. And that's it. People don't realize that, that the, the 
interactions that our children witness really affect like even the simple hello how are you if it's fake goes such a long way with the kids um when my daughter was old enough to realize like you know pick up on people's interactions she was like why did why did Gigi give daddy a kiss Gigi's my mom and I said well because you know they know each other a long time she's like wait they do how do they know each other like she had no idea like she was so confused like these people she had compartmentalized her world mm-hmm. and it was like mind blowing for her and I just I remember you know I'm very grateful for for my mom for not being that asshole you know mother-in-law to to my ex-husband and you know, it just, it, it goes such a long way. But anyway, I've um, had that same experience, by the way, of like, wait, how do they know? Like my <laughs> brother to my ex's like niece and they're like, wait, how do they know each other? I'm like, because we were together for 15 years and we were a family. And they were like, oh, you don't realize right. how literal they are. Like Bella has no recollection of me and her dad being together. And I thought that was going to be like, I dodge a bullet Easy. with that yeah. one. But now she's like, I want to see your wedding dress. What did it look like? Did he kiss you? Because that's gross. Don't tell me he kissed you. Oh my God. You know, like she has questions. Like, it's so funny what they, we take for granted what they know and don't know. I actually wrote an essay um, years ago about that exact topic. Like, is there a great age to divorce? Like in terms of the kids. And I also thought, you know, maybe at least it's really rough for my six-year-old, but for my three-year-old, she had no idea what was going on. Right. So I thought, oh, maybe this is great. And then as she got older, I realized, you know, every, there's never a good time for divorce. And it's always a good time for divorce. And, you know, it it was just trickier with her because she didn't have those memories and at games and seeing my parents and seeing all the different people interact, you know, uh, she also missed something. She missed understanding that we were a family to begin with. So I totally get it. That's a great point. I, when I did my co-parenting specialist training, something I learned that I found really interesting and sort of like in tandem started to experience with my daughter was that the children who are super young, that we think it's so much easier to do it when they're young, they mourn the loss of what they don't remember. And my daughter definitely went through that. And I was so happy to have learned that that was a thing because otherwise I would not have known what to do. Yeah. And they anyway, I feel they like yeah. we <laughs> can like talk we're just forever. two friends bitching about our <laughs> lives. That's fine. <laughs> makes for great content, Abby. <laughs> So you were in Philly and I imagine work with clients everywhere all over the place because thank God for Zoom. Yeah, I mean, I was I was before and now with the yes, now it's it was a little hesitant. Oh, do you can I'm in Jersey, I'm in New York and I be a client and now yes. So anybody anywhere Divorce Coach Philly on Instagram. I also have a website divorcecoachphilly.com. I also mediate um, in any point in the process whether you're You mediate nationally or just in Pennsylvania just in Pennsylvania. Okay. Good to know. Um, yeah. But you know, whether you're 25 and you're not, you're in a new marriage and you're not sure this is going the way you want it to go. And you just want some relationship coaching, um, or you're actually through the legal process and going through it, or you're on the other end of it. And you know, you're five years divorced and you're having some co-parenting issues or just how do I get back on track with my life? So Mm. anything relationship divorce related. Yep. Perfect. Well, now I know who to kick some business to girlfriend for everybody listening. Thank you so much for being here. This is a topic that we can always keep talking about. If you have questions, you know where to send them. Please make sure to follow Abby. I will link everything. She's at Divorce Coach Philly on Instagram and her website is the same, but all of that will be in the show notes and we'll see you next time on Moms Moving On. 
So you want to be a divorce coach, but the term divorce coach is a broad one because there is just so much you can cover in the world of moving on. Maybe you find yourself gravitating towards clients with high conflict co-parents, or perhaps you have a knack for helping women pull themselves out of bed when they feel overwhelmed with single mom responsibilities. No matter your ideal client, the one thread that will unite them all is that they're moms and moms need a different level of support when it comes to divorce coaching. With my moving on method, you'll not only learn how to best support a client through their divorce, you'll also learn how to help support them as they transition into their new role as co-parents and managing a coaching business. I'm Michelle Dempsey-Maltak, certified divorce and co-parenting specialist, and I founded the Moving On Method after years of working with clients from all over the world and seeing them all struggle with the same issues. In this training, you'll learn my five principles for helping a client with their moving on process, along with how to make your practice successful. Visit momsmovingon.com today to apply for my program. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Moms Moving On. I hope you found today's episode to be helpful, inspiring, and give you the advice you need to feel empowered and strong as you move on. Don't forget to come say hi on Instagram at the Michelle Dempsey and drop us a line if there's a specific topic or subject you'd like us to discuss. Thanks. Stay strong.